0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Devin Marble, head of marketing at VR Patients. How are you doing today, Devin?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Andrew.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us on Business Ninjas. Uh, Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about VR Patients.
0: Okay, well, um, I have a back history of working in film and television. You know, I started out when I was young out in Los Angeles and spent 10 years kind of grinding, trying to work my way up in Hollywood and ended up becoming a producer, did some reality television, started a production company, produced a feature film, did a bunch of commercial competitions. Next thing you know, I end up in front of the camera and I'm like hosting television and it kind of dawned on me. Around the time that I got reacquainted with my high school sweetheart, who I have since married and had children with, oh, and uh, I know it's a wonderful love story. And um, that aha moment was that, you know, I've been in Hollywood for ten years helping nobody but myself, and I'd like to change that. And I'd like to be proud of what I'm doing, and I'd like my kids to be proud of what I'm doing. So I chose medicine and I completely switched careers. I literally just cut the cord. I just stopped doing all entertainment television stuff. And I went and became an EMT and I'm like, I'm going to be a firefighter. That's stable. And I quickly learned that I don't want to run into a burning building because it's on fire. I don't know if they realize that. (laughs) And I liked the medical side of things. And so I went into the hospital and I worked my way all the way up from a behavioral health tech, which is just like a sitter, someone who just sits with someone to keep them safe all the way up to the lead paramedic in the emergency department and was teaching at our community college, the paramedic college. And then I built them an online digital platform to help them teach asynchronously because I was really good at video. who to thunk it, mm. right? And it all kind of started to merge this multimedia background with medicine. And I was this close to med school. University of Louisville was waiting for my uh, application because I was, had done all the work. And I was ready to rock. And then I chose to cancel my med school application and lean into digital and then the pandemic hit. Ouch. And uh, yes, is very challenging times, right? But that's how I ended up where I am today. And now I merge my skills to try to help people understand um, how simple and easy it is to use a platform like VR patients to tackle big problems in healthcare, like staffing shortages and an increased aging out population. And how are we going to train 15 million nurses, because that's our shortage coming up in 2030.
1: Uh, No, don't mean to be too flip, but you didn't have enough PTSD from 10 years in reality TV that you decided (laughs) to run into burning buildings.
0: No, I did not. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I tell people all the time, I left that town with a bunch of holes in my back and some pretty solid skin, some leather skin.
1: Understood. You are a lifelong, dedicated masochist. We understand. Oh, my God. So tell me about the origins of VR patients. How how and when did it come to be?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I think VR patients, uh, they came to be before I did, before I joined the team. And so I've been to VR patients about going on two years now. And they're going on their, I think, fifth year. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of came to be around the same time as VR started to get a little bit more mainstream, thanks to Meta and the Quest headset and all of that. And so... When VR patients came to be, it was to solve a problem in the market that at the time wasn't obvious. I mean, when you look back five years from now and you go, okay, virtual reality, how are we going to help solve problems in nursing and healthcare shortages, staffing shortages, increasing output for students? Like all those things seem like important numbers, important statistics to hit. And then the next thing you know, the WHO puts out a study and says, wow, 2030 is about to come and we're going to have a global shortage of staff at 15 million healthcare workers and people aging out at 65 is going to skyrocket and go through the roof. That's a serious problem. And then on top of that, COVID hit, burnout goes up, nurses are leaving the uh, profession, EMS workers leaving the profession in droves. And not to mention, something that people don't think about, a lot of healthcare educators are actually your frontline workers. So these nurse educators and these EMS educators, they also work on the box and in the hospital, which is great for the students. But the educational institutions usually can't compete on wages with some other means of work out there. And when COVID hit, they actually paid a premium using all these COVID emergency funds to pay nurses and paramedics to poke people with shots in tents. And so our institution, when I, I still am adjunct faculty at Pima Community College, and then I have a colleague at another college in Oregon, and we lost a bunch of our staff because they were getting paid $35 an hour to give people shots and vaccines rather than $25 an hour to teach or to work in the emergency department. And it's way less stressful and you don't have to. So you can see how that is a real magic pot of just... Uh, Problems.
1: Some of the numbers were even worse. A lot of nurses were being offered double, triple what they're used to to go travel across the country. Oh yeah,
0: you're talking about travel nursing. That's a whole different ballgame and another problem.
1: Sure, because all of a sudden you're getting used to making upwards of a hundred bucks an hour. Now the pandemic, you know, ebbs and flows. You're being asked to go back to working at twenty-five bucks an hour, and most of them are saying, "I don't want to." So I uh, no uh, you, the shortage is is serious. Um, tell me a little bit about the platform. Tell me about VR patients and, and and what you're able to accomplish with it.
0: VR patients gives faculty back joy, time, energy. We help solve burnout and emotional exhaustion. That's huge. The way that we do that is providing a platform that empowers staff fall back in love with education because what they're producing is more engaging. It lives on, it is scalable, it is asynchronous. And so they can teach 10 or 10,000 students with these clinical competency patients that feel real, look real, and require a student to make critical thinking decisions to get the patient to definitive care. That means that the student can feel better Uh, Let me rephrase that. That means that the students can feel like they're more engaged and having fun doing work, right? Because it's immersive and you're engaged and you realize you're actually iterating on something that's really challenging, but it's fun. And the faculty can measure every single click and every decision that they're making and feel the sense of accomplishment that they can produce at scale and become more effective, which gives them back time to really spend with their students on debriefing or testing or grading or all of the things that they love about teaching that right now seem insurmountable when you need to produce more students with less, less staff, less money, less time. I love That's it. what VR patients does. We give yeah. the faculty back time
1: and in terms of the cost of that education we happen to know some actors who get paid on a regular basis to be patients for all of those scenarios in the standardized
0: patients standardized Absolutely.
1: patients exactly that that's a cost that gets removed from the equation
0: well i actually am going to push back a little bit on that because i think there's actually a place for oh, each aspect of these forms of education so standardized patients are really valuable especially for test day sure right when you when you need to be a little bit subjective about let's say their bedside manner and you Mm -hmm. want that human interaction to deviate but stay in a safe space right ai is getting closer to that but it's Mm -hmm. not there yet of course but leading up to that imagine that your students have seen 300 or 500 patients in class at home on their own asynchronously and you have been able to track objectively every decision Meaning if they didn't do it or click it or make the decision, it didn't happen. They didn't get the point for it. So they start to learn. And now you have this trail of analytics where you can see, wow, when you first started, you were doing these patients and it took you 15 to 18 minutes to complete a patient care. You're getting like a 65%, but the more that you fail often and fail fast in a safe environment that feels real and it's fun, man, you're completing these patients in eight minutes. They're changing on you. We can change them like crazy but you're learning as things are happening, as things are changing and your competency is going up. You're not getting an 85% on average and you are ready for your standardized patient test. That's a whole different ballgame. Absolutely.
1: And, and, and who, who are your clients at this point? Who are the customers of VR
0: patients? That is probably the most exciting thing about VR patients to me. You remember all the thing I was telling you about all the problems, these world health organizations and Mm -hmm. staffing crisis, public health crisis and shortages when I, you know, VR patients is a scalable platform. So our customers are, let's say a small fire station, five workers, and they're going to increase, they're going to recertify. They're going to do their continue education credits with BLS and ALS patients. And they're going to iterate and they're going to do it asynchronously. They're going to deploy remotely and it's accessible on a tablet or a headset. That's great. Well, then what about community colleges and then the nursing faculty and the nursing students? So that would be like the customers there might be the director of the nursing department or the dean of nursing to pull the trigger on a solution for the entire college or for the cohort. The cohort. Then you have university level for 175 nursing students every single year happening that are accredited and standardized by NCLEX and ready to go and objectively gradable. One thing that you can think about is when something is objectively gradable in a virtual simulation, it's very much like a test question, which test banks are highly guarded you don't want the test questions to get out because people will just Google the answer while they're taking their NCLEX test, right? But if your test question is actually you making a decision, a clinical decision with a patient and it's objective. So when you click yes, treatment, and this is the dose, that's the test question, right? Mm-hmm. Then there are, let's keep going up in scale. How about an entire state where you recently onboarded the state of Maine Wow, as a, for EMS as a standard? because we are scalable, infinitely deployable. You don't even need a VR headset because we operate on Unity in a WebGL platform, which means you log in on Chrome and you're in, and your mouse becomes a stethoscope and it's pretty immersive, it's cool. It's like computer-based training that feels like you're engaging with a mini avatar, or you can put on a headset if your organization is at that place where the hardware divide, where you started to adopt new virtual hardware, great. Put the headset on, log in, and do the same patient. This time, walk around them. Look in their eyes, right? Listen to their lungs, not with a mouse, but with your hand and you reach out. Let's go. Let's keep going up. How about an entire country? We went overseas to Arab health. Six countries getting ready for us, Wow! which I can't divulge too much <laughs> on that side of it. Gotcha. But this idea where we have yet to meet our limit of scale, which makes solving that world health crisis, that public health crisis, actually achievable. And let me back that up a bit. I don't think that virtual reality education or immersive simulation is the silver bullet. But I do believe that education and initial training and continued education is one way we can help tackle the crisis if we can produce more students faster that are more competent. So on day one, when they get the job, they actually perform like a year one nurse. Absolutely. We want to do that.
1: And, and, and you're freeing up doctors to do to tend their patients more because they're not having to assess every single uh, one of their students at the same level because you have so much data that you're capturing. That's,
0: that's we hard. are capturing a lot of data and. I do want to say that you know the VR patient's platform is from BLS all the way up to critical care and infusions and pumps, which means residents, medical students, we can actually make an impact on their bedside matter. There's so much theory in uh, residency or not in residency, in medical school, mm-hmm. the books, the amount of memorization they have to do and the minimal clinical time that they get in comparison is a challenge. So if we can fill in and help physicians get initial physicians, right? Get some competency practice that actually is at their level as well. The right dose at the right time with the right medication on that patient. And also have a dialogue with the patient to help them with their assessment skills. I want that doctor to have more patient time before they come to me. Absolutely. When I'm sick. Absolutely.
1: That's, that's fabulous. Is, I typically ask, you know, what makes you stand out from your competition? Do you have any? Is there anybody else in this space at the moment? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah. You know, especially since this is such a hot um, uh, space, Mm -hmm. virtual reality, immersive solutions, there are a myriad of options out there. A differentiator for us is we're actually the only, from the ground up, a build-it-yourself, completely editable uh, authoring tool which means that as the educator, you can make changes to your virtual solution without needing to know code. The uh, other options that are available are you have to pay for each patient like they're a game. And so they run and operate really well, except you can't change them, which is not like human physiology at all. (laughs) And it doesn't take long for... So I'm a paramedic, right? I, I did complete some of my medical education and... It does not take long to practice a virtual game or a virtual sim and learn how to treat that one patient one time i'm no longer learning from that patient after i've figured it out after i know how to win at the game and it gets extremely expensive and not scalable for mm-hmm. the institution so if they want a new patient it may cost fifteen thousand dollars for a custom-built patient or they may just pay a couple thousand dollars to download another one which again will just be figured out and then you have to buy another one This becomes this endless chain of an an opportunity for institutions to raise raise tuition on students because they have to pay for a not scalable virtual solution. VR patients allows you to build an unlimited number of virtual simulations, and we don't charge for that. We allow you, we give you the tool to build your own house and change the roof and change the tile and make it, you know... (laughs) You don't like the lead pipes, so put in <laughs> copper. You know anything that you need to do structurally, we've built you a platform and all the tools necessary to change out your patients and their needs.
1: That's excellent. I mean, it sounds like your competitors have created a good business model for themselves only. Uh, <laughs> in terms of, you know, all, w- once you're on on the dime, you're never getting off because you have to keep expanding. But um, that's <laughs> yeah.
0: I think there's a difference between. Providing a solution that is a 50-year solution and providing a solution that'll work for the next five years. Yep, We're great. aiming for 50.
1: Yep. What, what are some of the, the, the most common challenges you're solving for your
0: clients? Oh, uh, content creation. Make a, a customer education in a new space. Helping people understand why do you need something like this when they've been doing something a certain way for so long? mannequins right Mm -hmm. and we use mannequins a mannequin works as a simulated patient why do i need vr headsets why do i need to learn this this is a new platform this is daunting right this is new technology will this replace me that's a big one surprisingly you know and i think all of that just comes from a lack of awareness and education on what exactly the platform does and Mm -hmm. what exactly the technology does when you put on a vr headset it doesn't replace the faculty member right? It is way more powerful for the faculty member. I often ed- uh, equate it to uh, this. Um, I say, uh, put down the chalk and pick up the marker. And I tell a story about when whiteboards, uh, or I'm sorry, um, chalkboards were being phased out of schools and whiteboards were coming in. And I imagine this faculty member who's standing there, who's a really good t- teacher, right, very good at educating their students, good, good metrics. And had to get pretty good at drawing because all he had was a piece of white chalk and a, a green or a black board. And then these whiteboards start af- appearing and you can do blue and red <laughs> or oxygenated, oxygenated and deoxygenated blood. And now you can draw in colors, which helps with student understanding because you can now create things on a white canvas that color helps separate things in your mind. But that faculty member puts their heels in, digs their heels in, and says, "No, I like my chalk. I'm Why a chalk are we fixing this? At this point? You can't yes, it's this not me. broken. <laughs> Why do I need to pick up a stupid marker? And the next thing you know, they turn around one day, and their chalkboard has been replaced by the institution with a whiteboard, and now they are in panic mode, and they need to figure out how to use these colored markers, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and so." That's how a faculty member can get replaced. I really want to encourage people to pick up the tool that's available to you to make yourself 2.0. Be more valuable to your students. That's what we're all trying to do anyways. Well, hey, resistance
1: to change in India, any industry is, is dangerous business. In healthcare, it is literally critical, right?
0: Yeah, uh, life and death.
1: Our Our understanding of what's going on in the human body is evolving by the minute um they do refer to it as practicing medicine right it is not a flawless art uh won't go down that rabbit hole too far but um for you to empower more and more people to to have uh, a skill set and the ability to interact with humans because we are all human beings which is a really important component uh that's that's priceless kind of stuff to be doing um In terms of, look, it's 2023. You've got to get the story out. People have to find you and know why they should be doing business with you. Tell me what role content has played in the growth of your business.
0: Oh, creating things that are shareable and authoritative has been exceedingly helpful, especially with uh, YouTube Shorts. um, When we have a platform that is already kind of authoritative and has an audience and is there to listen and learn. And we just want to provide education and value And if they become exposed to the product and decide that it is the right solution for them, that's a prospect that is qualified that we want. But we don't want to force the product onto an unqualified prospect who's really not seeking it. That's not the ideal customer. But we're happy to provide the education and the authoritative information anyways. And that has been the best way for us to approach content. And also re, not just reusing it, but allowing it to be on multiple platforms because the audience is not just on one, not just on YouTube, not just on LinkedIn, and not just on Facebook. And so being able to create a single piece of content and let it be distributed across multiple platforms has been a real uh, real helpful tool for us.
1: You are speaking our language here at Right For Me, my friend. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, fast forward a year from now. What's
0: something you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally? I'm going to fast forward five years from now. Okay. A year from now, I would love to be celebrating, beginning to capture each state one at a time as an accredited standardized process, you know, for the states. Five years from now, I will be very pleased to stand back and feel the pride and the impact we're making on a staffing shortage. Because institutions across the country are able to increase their success metrics, their students are getting hired faster, and accrediting bodies are utilizing an objectively gradable platform and distributing it asynchronously across the nation each year for the recertification cycles. And it becomes a standard that this is part of the Nursing and EMS certification process is an immersive solution. Not the only thing. It doesn't replace all clinical time. You still got to go touch skin, practice IVs on your mannequins and on real skin. But to really make an impact on the clinical decision-making skills of our nation's frontline workers, who are the bread and butter of you and me ending up in the hospital when we're sick, that's what I want to be able to look back at in five years.
1: Sir, I will say that your goal of getting out of Hollywood to do something that uh, your kids and family could be proud of. Nicely done, sir.
0: Well, thank you. No, well, I hope I, to
1: make an impact. Yeah, you, you certainly are. A little more than with reality TV,
0: I would hope to think.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll say one thing. Uh, Tila Tequila, RuPaul, um, uh, Tim Gunn. I've met all of them. I've shaked their hands. They're they are just phenomenal people. <laughs> hey. But maybe, maybe fashion is more in line with entertainment than it is for, you know, a critical impact on the infrastructure of our healthcare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> Please tell everyone what your URL is where they can find VR Patients and what social media outlets you're using these days.
0: Absolutely, and we'll just make this easy. If you if you want to check out VR Patients, just go to VRPatients.com. And if you're interested in the authoritative content check out Immersive Medical on YouTube. That is our uh, content creating platform that allows us to speak to an audience of 36,000 subscribers and growing. And uh, we just want to provide authoritative information for you and, and help the cause. Let's make an impact on public health.
1: Devin Marble of VR Patients, I wish you and yours and your company all the best because you are enabling people to keep people healthy and thrive. And that's important stuff. So I thank you for what you do. And I thank, oh, you, thank for, you, sir. Thank you for spending some time with us today on Business Ninjas.
0: It's my pleasure. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.